Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for April 7th, 2022. So we're getting close to Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. Actually, next Friday, tomorrow is a Friday, but a week from tomorrow will be Good Friday. And a week from the Sunday coming up is Resurrection Sunday. Well, all next week, uh, I'll be gone. I'll be gone on spring break. And so Isabella and I will be gone. I'm excited. We're really getting ready for this break. And so today's message and tomorrow's message will be the last messages that you get from me uh, before Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. So I've been teaching you a lot about, you know, first leading life lessons from Jesus, then leading up to the cross, the road to the resurrection, the difference between the law and grace. And, you know, the law was given by Moses, John chapter one, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ and all of that. And so I hope that you've been enjoying that. Today and tomorrow, I'm really going to focus on Good Friday, Jesus dying, Resurrection Sunday, Jesus being raised from the dead. So we'll cover that today. We'll cover that tomorrow. And then I'm going on spring break and I'm looking forward to it. All right. So the title of today's message is why Jesus's death and resurrection matter. Why does it matter? But why, why, Rick, what's the big deal about like Jesus dying on the cross and Jesus being raised from the dead? Oh, I'm going to talk about it. Get ready to receive the word. All right, so let's get into the word this morning. I have three things I want to share with you about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Three major points. Here's the first one. We serve a living Savior. Say living Savior. We serve a living Savior. Jesus is his name. I'm going to cover Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 6, and what I'm about to say. You can read it for yourself, but I'll just summarize it. Jesus, as we know, died a brutal death on the cross. And he did this for all of humanity. Now, the Jews didn't kill him. Remember, once again, when the movie, The Passion of the Christ came out, all these people were, were upset with the Jews and the Jews. Listen, nobody killed Jesus. Jesus gave up his life for all mankind. The father sacrificed his own son and freely gave up his son. And Jesus freely gave up his life. Nobody could kill Jesus. Of course, he gave up his life for you. He gave up his life for me. After Jesus' uh, death, though, the text that I'm talking about, they says that they took down the body from the cross and they wrapped it up in, in linen cloth and together with spices, and they placed it in a borrowed tomb. This was Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. He was the owner of the tomb. And so they placed it in a borrowed tomb and Nicodemus and, and certain women uh, prepared the body. Now, two men placed Jesus's body in the tomb and then they left. Now, the Romans, of course, the Romans were in charge, not the Jews. So the Romans sealed the tomb with the largest uh, stone that they could find. And then they placed, they sealed it like, you know, they put a, a Roman seal on it. And then they placed security guards. They placed guards to protect the tomb um, and so that nothing would happen. So early on Sunday morning, the women came, the women that were close to Jesus, they came looking for the body, but they didn't find the body. The body was not there because Jesus had been risen from the dead. The tomb was open and the body was gone. And so this is what we celebrate on Easter Sunday. This is what we celebrate on Resurrection Sunday morning. 
So Resurrection Sunday is about an empty tomb. Resurrection Sunday is the good news of the gospel. That empty tomb is what gives us like the spring in our step. You know what I'm saying? That empty tomb is what keeps that song just playing in my heart. It's an empty tomb. That empty tomb is the fuel in our fire. Without that empty tomb, there would be no Christianity. Without that empty tomb, we would have no hope. Without that empty tomb, our message is just a story. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 14, the Bible says, Paul said, and if Christ was not raised from the dead back to life, then our message that we preach, it is worthless. And so is your faith. Everything that we're talking about as Christians, it would be worthless if there were no empty tomb. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the most important event in the history of history. It's the resurrection of Jesus that separates Christianity from every other world religion. We don't serve an idol. We don't serve a person that, that lived and died. And you, there's some, some religious figures from other religions that you can go to and you can go to their grave and you can point to it and say, this is where he is. This is where she is. But no, no, no. We can't point to any place where Jesus is because he's not there. We have an uh, empty tomb. We serve a living savior. And over the 2000 years since the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, we have all types of evidence. One of my mentors, Dr. Charlie Dean Palmer, when I went to, to Bible college whew, over 20 years ago, Dr. Palmer uh, was the dean of the Bible college. He was also one of my, my instructors. This is what he said about this. He said, the late Dr. Charlie Dean Palmer, he said, the most telling affirmation of the validity of Jesus's literal resurrection was the dramatic change that it produced in the lives of Jesus's followers. These people went from weak, wavering, faltering, faltering, denying group of fishermen and tax collectors. No, the 12 and the others became the most zealous, faithful, dynamic group that ever lived. They literally became burning evangels for the cause of Christ. They totally turned the world upside down for him over the next 70 plus years. They were condemned. They were threatened. They were imprisoned. They were beaten. They were commanded to be silent but they just kept getting right back up and they preached Jesus again. They kept preaching Jesus because they knew Jesus was alive. Alive by promise, dead by purpose, resurrected by power and reigning for our good measure and our pleasure. That's what Dr. Palmer said. Glory to God. Listen, it changed something. It changed something in that group, the 12 plus other, those about 500 people that experienced the resurrection. Those people changed the world. And 2000 years later, we're still dealing with it. We're still talking about it. Why? Because we serve a living savior. So here's some quick points to glean from this. Jesus conquered death. He conquered death once and for all. He took the sting out of death, the Bible says. He robbed the grave of his victory. So if you're born again, I've told you this many times, you've done all the dying you are going to do. You are dead in Christ and you've done all the dying you're going to do. If you're born again, when you die, for you dying is not dying. <laughs> for you dying is moving day. Glory to God. You get to graduate from earth to glory, from time to eternity, from mortal to immortality. You get to put down this body and you will get a glorified body. And another point is that you serve a living savior. And because you serve a living savior, then you can have a living hope. The fact that Jesus is alive. I mean, the, think about it. The fact that Jesus is alive gives you hope. You have a living hope. When people look at you today, they're supposed to see a living hope. First Peter 3 and 15, one of my favorite verses in the Bible says, 
uh, sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be you ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And so what that text is saying is that you should always be ready to give an answer to people when they ask you, man, why are you so hopeful? What what is what is it about you? Why do you always have hope? Why do you always have a spring in your step and a smile on your face and a song in your heart? What is it about you? Number one, nobody will ever ask you that question if they can't see it. If all they see in you is problems, then they have problems. Check, check, check. They won't come to you for problems. They already have that. They need to see something in you that they can't see. And the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead should give you a living hope. Jesus conquered Satan, hell, and the grave. He did it for you. This means for you that you should live with an undeniable, unquenchable, and inexhaustible hope. Your, your hope should be unexplainable to the world. People, people that know what you're going through and they still see you every day smiling with a spring in your step. They see you overcoming and they see you with the, the spirit of an overcomer. They should be like, why are you like that? What is it about you? And you can say, I serve a living savior. Jesus is his name. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. He took the keys of the kingdom back. Satan is a defeated foe. Satan is defeated. Jesus is Lord. Come on now. I don't have anything to be down about. God is my savior. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. This is how I live. Jesus is my hope. I feel like preaching today. Are you ready? Number two, the importance of the resurrection cannot be overstated. The importance of the resurrection of Jesus cannot be overstated. Listen, I'm telling you, this is, this is really important. Jesus died a real death and he was raised from the dead with all power in his hand. The Bible says that all power in heaven, in the earth, and under the earth has been given unto Jesus all power. And because it was given unto Jesus, he transfers that power unto us. This is what Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday is all about. So listen, it's not about bunny rabbits. It's not about chocolate bunnies and colorful eggs and stuff. Now, I'm not one of those people, right? So so I, I, I don't, I let my kids go find eggs in the grass and all that. I, I don't have a problem with it, but I don't lie to my kids. I mean, my kids is not they know that it's not about eggs. It's not about colorful clothes or anything like that. It's not about wearing a yellow suit or a pink suit. <laughs> None of that. It's, it's about Jesus, right? I mean, so the resurrection of Jesus cannot be overstated. The significance of the resurrection. Let me read to you what the Bible says. First Corinthians chapter 15. I'll begin at verse 12 from the Passion Translation. This is what the Bible says. The message that we preach is Christ who has been raised from the dead. So how could any of you possibly say that there's no resurrection from the dead. For if there was no such thing as resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ would have been raised from the dead. But if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then all of our preaching is for nothing. Our faith is useless. Moreover, if the dead are not raised, then that would mean that we are false witnesses who are representing God. We're misrepresenting God because this is not true. And that would mean that we have preached a lie stating that God raised Jesus from the dead if in reality he did not. Now, if the dead are not raised up, then that would mean that Christ has not been raised from the dead either. And if Christ is not alive, then you guys are still lost in your sins and your faith is a fantasy. It would also mean that those believers who are in Christ who have passed away have simply died and they have perished and they're gone. If the only benefit of our hope in Christ is the limited life that we have on the earth, that we deserve to be pitied more than all the others. But the truth is, come on now, here's the truth. He's like, listen, if, if, if all you got is just this little bit of life that you're on the earth, then you should be pitied. 
because this is not this is not even real life till we get to heaven. But but the truth is, Christ is risen from the dead as the first fruit of a great resurrection. There's a resurrection harvest that's coming for all who have died. For since death came through one man, Adam, it is fitting that the resurrection of the dead should also come through one man, Jesus the Christ. Even as all who are in Adam die, so also all of us who are in Christ Jesus have been made alive. Glory to God. That's the Bible. That's the gospel. So here's some things we can glean from this. The Bible tells us that in Adam, all men die. In Adam, all men die. You were born in sin. You were shaped in iniquity because of Adam. And in Adam, all men die. You were born with an inheritance. And that inheritance was the inheritance of Adam. You you, you were not a sinner because you sinned. You were a sinner because you were born that way. Nobody had to teach you to lie. Nobody had to teach you to say no. You were born that way. And the only way you could get out of it is to be born again. And so, yeah, you were born in sin, but you can be born again. Once you're born again, you're forgiven of sin and you're delivered. You're delivered from the power of death and the fear of death and, and the power of sin. So the apostle Paul said, if the resurrection of Jesus is a lie, then we've all been deceived and we have no hope. But it's not a lie. Jesus was raised from the dead. And all of us who are in Christ, we will be raised from the dead as well. All That's the good news. The good news is that when we die, that's not the end of it. Some people think, oh, when you die, that's it. It's over. No, 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 no. For us, when we die, it's just moving dead. We will forever be with the Lord. We will, we will be with him forever. And so, so no, 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 we have hope. We are not like those who have no hope. With the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father and Jesus, they conquered Satan, hell, and the grave. So Jesus is Lord. This gives you hope. Look at me. You, this gives, you are never hopeless because you are never helpless. You have hope. You have light. You have love. You have power. The fact that Jesus is alive means that you can walk with God and he can walk with you. That means that you can walk with him. He's alive. Jesus is in you. I remember when I first got born again, I was in Kuwait. And when I was in Kuwait, um, uh, you know, in Kuwait, the only place that you could talk about Jesus is two places on U.S. on the, on the military installations, because that's sovereign U.S. property, or at the National Evangelical Church of Kuwait, the neck. And so um, I remember I had a Kuwaiti friend who used to come on post and we would hang out, we would go eat, we would go to the gym. And we were in the gym one time and I just got born again and I was talking about Jesus. And uh, and I was talking about Jesus and I said, no, I know. he said, no, you can't say Jesus is alive. And I was like, why not? He said, well, you know, here in Kuwait, you can't say that, you know? I said, no, no, this is this is a U.S. base. I can say what I want. <laughs> I have freedom of speech. Jesus is alive. And he was like, no, you can't say that. I said, no, Jesus is alive. He said, no, you can't say that. <laughs> I'm from Brooklyn, man. I, I was like, I don't like when people tell me I can't do something. And so I was in the gym on Camp Doha, and, and I and I and some guys were playing basketball. We were we were lifting weights. And so the guys that were playing basketball, I, I stood up, I was a staff sergeant in the United States Army, and I said, hey. Let me get your attention. Everybody stop. Everybody in the gym. And I said, Jesus is alive. You know how I know? Because he lives in me. And the Kuwaiti dude was like, really, dude, that's what you're doing? I was like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And so, so yeah, Jesus is alive. How do I know? Because he lives in me. The fact that he's alive means I can walk with him and he can walk with me. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. Say amen to that. Glory to God. All right, number three, last thing for today. Jesus became an equivalent ransom 
for us. Jesus became an equivalent ransom for us. People are laughing at that, but it's the truth. That's how it was. All right, so Ephesians, probably I'm still like that a little bit. Ephesians 1 and 7, the Bible says, in whom we have redemption, talking about Jesus, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. All right, so let's talk about that. An equivalent ransom. What does that mean? To give you uh, an idea, I'm, I'm going to tie this to something. So the point about the blood of Jesus um, is, is, is that Jesus's death was a substitutionary work. Jesus took our place on the cross. And this is an important topic. It should be preached more. I, I think that some people just don't get it. it. It's almost like this in today, in 2022. You know what's crazy? In, t- in 2022, there are people that go to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and, and they don't even talk about the blood of Jesus. There are people that go to church. You can actually go to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and nobody talk about the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And people come to the altar, and they don't talk about dying. The altar is a place of death. If I call you to the altar, it's so you can sacrifice yourself. If I call you to the altar, the altar is a place of death. The altar is a place of dying. The altar is a place where blood is shed. So we got to preach Jesus. And you know, so I'm not going to sugarcoat this thing. And so at the end of the day, let me give you a picture. So a few years ago, Mel Gibson uh, started a movie that was called Ransom. I don't know if, for those of you that saw the movie, the movie was a thriller. And in, in the movie, there was a rich man's son that was kidnapped and the captors kept the, the, the boy supposedly until a large sum of money would be paid. And the tagline of the movie was someone has to pay, right? Someone has to pay. So you got a boy, he's captured, and they're waiting for somebody to pay for that boy to be released. Now in the movie, Mel Gibson actually got his son back without paying the ransom. Uh, But in real life, in, in the drama of our real life story, we were born like that little boy. We were born captive. We were born captive to sin and death, and someone has to pay. And so, and, and for the someone to have to pay, that someone that has to pay, it has to be an equivalent ransom. And so, so people say, well, well, for you to get your son back, this is the value that we're placing on it. And unless you pay that value, it has to be an equal value for you to get the boy back, right? And so you and I, we were born in sin. We were shaping in iniquity and we were captured under the power of sin, captured under the fear of death. We were bound that we needed somebody to set us free and somebody had to pay the debt. The problem is that our captor, Satan, was not willing to take money. The only suitable payment would be another life. Someone would have to die for us. Someone would have to trade places. Someone would have to redeem us. The text says redemption with his own blood. The word redemption from the Webster Dictionary of 1828, which is the one I like to use, the the word redemption means the, the repurchase of captured goods or prisoners. The repurchase. It's like you had it, you lost it. I'm repurchasing captured goods or prisoners. The act of procuring by the deliverance of persons or things from the possession of the power of captors by the payment of an equivalent ransom. The key words there are an equivalent ransom. So you have somebody that's captured and somebody has to pay and there needs to be an equivalent ransom. In in Acts 20 and 28, the Bible says that Jesus purchased us. He redeemed us with his own blood. See, in the Old Testament, the blood of bullocks and, and goats and turtle doves, 
that was not an equivalent ransom. So they had to do that every year. So the blood of animals, because the, the, it was not an equivalent ransom, then those things had to be done every year, every year, every year, every year. But when Jesus came, it was the blood of a human for the sin of a human. Come on now, it was an equivalent ransom. And not only that, in the Old Testament, they had to take like a perfect animal, what they deemed to be perfect. Well, guess what? Jesus was the only perfect human. And so he was a perfect human and he sacrificed himself for us and he became the equivalent ransom. Jesus came to get us out of everything that Adam got us into. He paid our debt. The debt has been paid. Now the ultimate price, that's what we preach on Resurrection Sunday morning. The captured, you and I, we have been released. Why? Because the debt has been paid. And so now we're no longer under Adam. We are under Jesus. In the Old Testament, the, the blood of innocent animals had to be shed for sinful man. But, but uh, that was a, a temporary solution to a permanent problem. Jesus came and he was the permanent solution. The Bible calls Jesus the last Adam because there won't be another. Adam got us into a problem. Jesus came to get us out. And so Jesus delivered us from everything that Adam got us into. The ransom has been paid. The captors, you and I, we've been released. And so now, so the captor, Satan, he's been defeated. And so now we can give God praise. Now, wouldn't it be foolish for, for, for somebody to go through all of that and set you free and then you turn around and walk right back into it? Wouldn't it be foolish for, for in the movie, somebody to pay the debt and everything is paid and we get our son back and then the son say, okay, now I'm going to willingly go back and go be, lock myself back up in that room. That's what you do. Look at me. Jesus did all of this so you could be free from sin. Jesus did all of this so you could be free from the fear of death. Wouldn't it be foolish for you to take after Jesus, after you're born again, and now you're free and all of that, for you to turn around and be like, okay, now I'm born again. Let me go back to sin. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. Jesus paid for you with his own blood. You've been delivered from sin. So the message of grace is not, oh, you can, grace is not a license to sin. Grace is empowerment for holiness. We're supposed to live free from sin. This is, you're not free to sin, you're free from sin. And so now that you, Jesus did all of that for you, don't walk back. Don't go back to the captor. Satan is defeated. Don't, don't go back under Satan. He doesn't have any power over you. So that's what next Sunday, April 17th is about. Not bunny rabbits, not colorful clothes, not little spring suits and all of that. No, it's about the fact that a perfect human went to the cross for you he paid an equivalent ransom. Your debt has been paid on the old rugged cross. And watch this. There's an empty tomb. Come on now. Not only did he do all of that, but there's an empty tomb. He was raised from the dead with all power in his hand. And that power has been transferred to you. He was God incarnate and you are the continuation of his incarnation. Jesus paid a price that you could not pay for a debt that he did not owe. He took your place on the cross. You now get to take his place in this world. So please, as I close, don't live your life. Focus on going to heaven someday. Live your life focused on bringing heaven to the earth every day. That's what you're here for. Heaven on earth because of Jesus. Jesus died for you. That's the gospel. We, we got to keep preaching. I know people like to come to church to hear other stuff, feel good messages. Oh, I feel good about this. I feel good about the fact that Jesus died for me. I feel good about the fact that Jesus took my place on the cross. I, I feel good about the fact that I, get, I now get to take his place in this world. This is the gospel and we can never stop preaching it. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you 
for loving me enough to send your own son to die in my place. The blood of goats and bullocks and turtle doves could never be an equivalent ransom for the sin of man. Adam got me into a mess and Jesus got me out of it. <laughs> Glory to God. Jesus paid a price that I could not afford for a debt that he didn't even know. Jesus willingly took on my sin and offers me his righteousness so that I could take his righteousness and put down my sin. I am covered by the blood of Jesus. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I am called according to your purpose. I am free by grace. I enter this day as a cleansed, delivered, purified, and set apart warrior in the kingdom of God. I do not entangle myself again with sin or Satan. I am redeemed. I was bought with a price. So Father, I honor Jesus's death with my life. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow there'll be another one. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting my notes, you should get my notes. Go to todaysword.org and click on the big red subscribe button. Put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you and God loves you more. Um, so leave me some comments in the chat. Do me a favor. Go into the chat. Leave me some comments in the chat. I like to read those and then share this message right now. People need to know what I'm talking about. This is the gospel. So share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.